All right, welcome to episode 612 of The Sleeper in the Bust. 612. It is November 2nd, and it's wild already. There are about <laughs> 1,400 to 1,500 people here. It's absolutely yeah. insane right now. Somebody I'm like your host, Canadians Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris, Jason Collette, and our special guest, Emily Walden, who's going to talk some AFL prospects with us. I'm with back, us. baby. Reluctantly. The band are. is back together. We got Collette here. Feels like old times. Feels like, on his, feels like 502 or 510. What are we on, 48th here? No, no, no. <laughs> just like number six or seven or something. We got the know. last spot just to get them saucy enough. Yeah. Whoever did that, thanks. Meanwhile. 10 p.m., bad idea. Emily's joining <laughs> us. <laughs> Emily's joining us and, and needs needs to get to sleep. So we're going to start with prospects. Emily, by the way, thank you for joining us. You also the athletic, also baby. works with the athletic, the athletic Detroit. Yes, so correct, and some national stuff as well. So I'm stuck we with you on, the good on part, occasion. Though. No, yeah. the Detroit yeah. stuff. Uh, the Detroit stuff is what we care about. So we're going to start with the pro- uh, prospects. Watch, watch Wait, for some there hot are stuff. Are prospects in Detroit? We're here at the AFL. Emily and I are going to collaborate on something next and we are week that is fully be off fun. the rails. Three minutes in. <laughs> You're trying, you're, trying to, you're trying to stay on top of this. There's I can tell. no way we're not starting with Vlad. <laughs> and we obviously have to. I'm back now, from the dead to wreak havoc. If we could get the peanut gallery to shut the hell up. You mean then me? Then I can wrangle you. Mean me? No, no. I need them to first. Then I can wrangle you in. We obviously have to start with Vlad. Uh, we're a fantasy podcast, so that's where the, our main focus is. He just went 19th in a draft without ever playing in the majors. And it didn't really feel that crazy to me. No. Uh, what have you seen from Vlad Jr. so far? And, and what, do, what do you think he can really do in, in 2019 playing, I would think, at least five months? I, yeah. I think at most he's going to be down for three weeks. No, I think that that's completely on, on par with what people are expecting. And obviously – the bat can play. We all saw what he did in spring training, that huge home run that he had when he went up to the Blue Jays. Um, it's it's really just going to be a matter of what Toronto decides to do, I think. Um, obviously, they have that timeline that they're going to want to manage very closely to make sure they get the most value out of him. Um, and what I've seen from him just progressing, I saw a lot of him in the Midwest League, got to watch him develop quite a bit. It's the maturity that really grabs my attention, that he understands what's expected. He understands he's got the plate discipline. He's got the patience to be able to to handle pretty much any type of pitching. I mean, he hit close to 400 at pretty much every level. It's like he can't – He's he has yet to really – show a flaw it's crazy todd zola runs projections and he said vlad jr broke his system and i was like well what do you mean broke he said the projection that he came out with which projections are notoriously conservative was a 360 batting average because his minor league numbers are so stupid all right so emily we got we got the, the steamer ones yep. on fan graphs i'm looking at them right now 306 tops in the league by the way 368 obp 22 homers six stolen bases where you know, where do you think he'll have the most trouble uh, adjusting or where, where do you, would you take the under? Where is your, like, yeah, I'm with not sure about 306. I'm not sure about. Yeah. What are you, what are you most reluctant on to agree with steamer again, notoriously or is it the 550 plate appearances? Right. I think for him, the biggest challenge that I've seen is just being able to adjust to uh, more of the highly developed off speed stuff. 
I've seen him kind of get a little bit stumped. Obviously, he went. He had a day where he went 0 for 5 the other day here at the league. Oh we're not concerned. We, know we were all here to watch him. <laughs> I took him off my board after that. Utility guy. You know, there was threats to trade him and everything like that. But for him, I think that's going to be a big thing. And as we all know, he's 19. You know, you yeah. look at him and he's, he's a man child, but exactly. he's still, he's only 19. And obviously I think the only real concern is where do you put him defensively? I like him at third. The I think he, great. the arm, the arm can absolutely play. I think first base in the future. Um, he's put on some weight, which we all know. He's a big he's boy. Very healthy. Very yeah. good, Vlad's good big size. Boy. He already has his dad's butt. I was, I knew yeah. I, I told you I was going to talk about butts. There's that one. Butt <laughs> is, <laughs> it's the high leg. It's the high leg with the high butt, but the big butt. I mean, it it is looking right it's, at the. It's definitely right at there. Vlad Senior's butt. It's, it's definitely it's there. Staring at you. It's like Eric Young and Eric Young Jr. They got the same high butt. There's three. Is that is that is that a scouting term? <laughs> high butt. Could I go hang out with the scouts? I would. Like, I would definitely call it an eighty. Tell, oh, an eighty nice. butt for, for yeah, the yeah, high butt. Over if your we're if we're gonna be wall. real. <laughs> Just, well, <laughs> Justin Upton is, is an eighty butt as well. All right, so that's Vlad. Obviously, we had to start with him. But a guy who's really tearing it up here and getting some interest uh, is Keston Hira of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, he, he's hitting everything. Rolls out of the bed. Hits four mm -hmm. line drives. Two, three of them go for hits seemingly every day as well. Second base guy coming up. Mm -hmm. um, Scope is maybe a non-tender candidate there. Uh, I don't think they'll bring Moose back. They can put Shaw back over to third. I feel like Keston here has a chance to make an impact in fantasy circles this year in Milwaukee as well. What do you think about him? He, he definitely does. And I actually had a couple of scouts tell me, aside from Junior, Keston is probably the best pure hitter he's ever seen. And so I think with... It, it, to me, that might be a little bit generous, but there's enough there to get excited about. I think um, defensively, there was some concerns that his shoulder was okay. Mm -hmm. He had some arm problems in college that kind of put like an early possible DH label on him. But as, as he's shown, he's fine. Um, he's holding up really well in the infield. I think he's got the instincts to at least be serviceable. That could improve over time as well. Um, but the bat, the bat's incredible. I mean, he's so disciplined, so poised, and there's a ton of raw power there too. So a lot to be excited about. Well, we don't go crazy over uh, RBIs just as like a, a raw talent mm -hmm. meter, but it does say something that he has 27 and the next highest has 17. Like he's right. out here and he is just lacing hits, driving runners in. What, what do you, what do you uh, think when you see – so Bo Bichette, had like the crazy oppo tendencies mm -hmm. uh and i think they cleaned up his swing a little bit and he, he showed some pull power uh hero has the same deal where he's got the you know i talked to him at the at the uh the future stars game and he was like i have a natural oppo swing uh do you think he needs to or has shown more pull power uh what do you think do you think it's good to start with oppo power and develop pull power later? Like, what do you think about that sort of oppo versus pull in a young guy? Yeah, I think for him, I think what I've seen, and it, it hasn't been that many viewings that I've seen personally, mm -hmm. I think he's got a pretty good balance and it's polishing off like the both uh, sides of it, the pull and, you know, going opposite field. It's, it's definitely there. And for him, I think it's just a matter of kind of polishing off what he already has because mm. the swing is there. The instincts are there. He's got the ability to show that and to, to hold back good, um, good patience at the plate. So mm. a lot there. So I think it's just a matter of polishing off what he already has. Mm. Jason, you got anything on uh, Kesson here, here? I do not. All right. <laughs> I was busy watching football last night. Really? I will really? fully admit I did not 
<laughs> 21 wins in a row. That's all it's about. Uh, yeah. I was so distracted. Started. Shouldn't have got him started. Right, I want to talk about uh, Chicago White Sox prospect Luis Robert next. Uh, very interesting outfielder. I know some injuries kind of derailed him this year. That's part of the reason that he's here. I, you, you never like to see guys get injured, but when a top prospect gets hurt, those of us who come out here every year, we get a little bit excited at the silver lining, which means that they'll probably end up being here. Uh, he seems like an impressive specimen. Is there any chance that Robert is uh, playing in Chicago this summer? And if so, what do we see out of his upside? I think it's too premature to say um, this coming season. I think it could be possibly later in the year, but he's got to stay healthy as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I actually I have a question for you guys because I have heard there's been a bit of a, a mispronunciation of his name. And so I'm wondering if if you guys have heard anything on Lewis that. Oh, wait, Robert. wait, wait, no. Eno's the expert on name pronunciation, <laughs> oh, yeah? so Eno? just ask whatever Eno says. You. I'm going to go to you on listen, this. Listen, uh, I took 12 years of French, so it's Louis Robert. 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 I've heard like Robert. And I've Robert. heard Robert. And really? Then I've also, listen, I would yep. never Was go that direction. <laughs> I would go to German or French. You know. Was it from a white scout? It was from a white scout. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't think that's correct. Well, and obviously that's not a deal breaker, but for him, he had obvious health issues. He's got and some I high butt, too. He <laughs> Listen, I don't, I don't know if high butt is a thing, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push You're it. You're going to make it a thing. Your I'm going to let right you make it a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you make it a thing. arm and butt. And yeah, nice, nice butt. I, 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 for a long time, if you were listening, uh, we, we had the whole Austin Meadows butt thing for a oh, while. Geez. Remember? Yeah. And I Are said he was going to have power because of his butt. <laughs> I, I was wrong. Maybe. I don't know. You don't we'll know see. We'll you see. Don't know yet. Well, we'll Luis. <laughs> Jeff. Wait, wait, wait. I can check. Not good. <laughs> yeah, butts never age well without PEDs. Butts without mostly PEDs. just get bigger. <laughs> it's never good. Without PEDs, they don't age well. Yeah, so, he, you know, 32 games at high A, 13 mm -hmm. games at A ball, and five games at rookie for Luis just Robert. The Robert. Whole time, yeah, right? mo mostly uh, injured yeah. this, this year. So it would be aggressive to see much out of him in 19 with the, with the White Sox. But projecting it forward then 2020 and beyond is this a uh, is this a 2020 type of player I think it's all going to depend on 2019 I think if you can see him put in a full season and actually get a chance to show how he can develop and how those pieces can come into play I think it's definitely a possibility but again okay. it's all really going to depend on if he can stay healthy the profiles there he's shown a lot of stuff to really be excited about but at the end of the day kind of how we touched on with franklin perez with detroit yes you know so much there so many pieces there if you can't Always stay healthy hurt. you're going to turn into Derek hill yeah and nobody mm. wants to turn into Derek Hill. no one wants that uh, another Who? tigers prospect uh listen sorry you, you don't know players. the other one Remember when you thought tom Tom Murphy was Doesn't fake. exist. Let's not get into Does that. Does not exist. Speaking of pitching, this is notoriously not a pitching league. It's very much a hitter's league. But every once in a while, we get a few gems. I remember we've had Garrett Cole out here, James Paxton. This year, we have Forrest Whitley, the best uh, pitching prospect in baseball. Somebody definitely poised to make an impact this year with uh, Morton and Keiko as free agents and likely to both be let go uh, by Houston. Forrest Whitley had a little trouble this year with Morgan the uh, with, with the suspension. I don't think it was straight up like uh, performance enhancers. Apparently, took uh, Adderall and stab or something. And banned substance. Banned substance. Whatever that may be. Uh, we'll but leave that what was the concert is. he was at? Yeah, probably, I, probably I, something I, terrible. Uh, yeah. I would just assume something yeah. terrible. We'll just leave that Florida one. Georgia Line or some <laughs> trash like that. Fallout Boy. Hey, it's Texas. It was Pat Green band, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but the talent is unmistakable. Oh, completely. It's absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. So what are we looking at for 19 impact out of Forrest Whitley? I, 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 
Yeah, I have a question Are for you. Are you Emily? I, no, you're right. Okay. But I just, I have a question for you. Go ahead. There's, is there a lack of wiggle, like side to side movement? I think he's got enough movement. I think for him, it's just going to be a matter of getting, getting the time that he needs because he's by far, you know, a show of hands. Can you name a pitcher who's got a better profile that we could be excited about? I think everybody can kind of agree I, on Gibson? that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> weren't, weren't, you, weren't you watching football? I think you need to go back to watching football. Um, Big inside joke. Does he, does he remind you of, of somebody like, like Walker Bueller or, you know? Is, I think there's some similarities in there. And yeah. kind of how I was talking about today, you have to, the fact that people are all throwing harder now, pitchers are throwing harder, there's so much more velocity. You've really got to be able to set yourself apart with your entire resume as a pitcher. And for, um, for Whitley, it's all there. I mean, he's got the feel for every one of his pitches. He's put up double-digit, you know, strikes per nine or strikeouts per nine, you know, throughout the years. And, yeah, he had a limited year this year. But even then, what he put up was still impressive. So I think for him, he's just got to say no to the, you know, unnamed substances. Yes. And um, give himself a full year. And I think that he'll, he'll be moved pretty aggressively because I think he can handle the challenge. I, th- I think so, too. I think he's somebody that uh, his draft stock's really going to rise, too. And if he comes in, has a good spring, you're going to see him jumping several rounds, uh, maybe into – the mid-teens of rounds. What's, yeah, the, what's the Houston rotation right now? Cole, Verlander, Joshua James. Wait, they gave, they gave, a, uh, uh, they gave a, an offer today. To who? Uh, Keichel to and Keichel. not Morton. Not the Morton. Qualifying yeah. offer? They gave a well, qualifying offer it. to Keichel. Because maybe it. they gave the qualifying offer to Keichel because they don't think he'll take it. Of course not. Yeah, they, they so don't he'll think he's going to take it. They, they'll have James. And they might get Morton back. Valdez, McHugh. Peacock, Whitley. I think I mean, they, McHugh might be in the pen already. Yeah, they, they've got spots they can go, though. They don't need Morton or Keiko. So who's the, what's the rotation? Let's go. Let's start I again. Just Cole, went through Cole it. Verlander. <laughs> Cole Verlander. That's pretty open from there. You got Joshua James. You got Brad Peacock, Cole, Colin McHugh, Framber Valdez, Forrest Whitley. Bring in somebody. I mean, you, you have a lot of spots Where, do you, to where go. would you put Whitley on that list? As far as like which number in the rotation? Yeah, yeah like is he a six guys. like starting? He'll I'm, start in the minors and 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 come up and he not will. If they don't add something, he will start in the minors. I don't see them pushing him too aggressively. As far as a future role, I think as of now, I'd probably put him as a three. Mm. Um, I think that he's got enough stuff there. He could move up, but I think he just needs to book more innings. McCullers before we're is able there to too, but about. I don't know his health. Right. Yeah. So I, I yeah. didn't say McCullers, but it, his status is unclear because he's. McCullers is yeah, McCullers is a bit of a question mark. But All right, now let's dump these two clowns. They'll sign someone and talk some Daz Cameron here. <laughs> talk about Daz. Let's get in on some Daz Cameron action here, as, as the resident Tigers fan and the uh, the athletic Detroit writer. But no, obviously he's got the lineage. You know, lineage mm-hmm. is a big thing right now in the prospect circles. A lot of kids coming up with uh, major league fathers. Mike Cameron's kid. Um, does he does he profile similarly similarly to Dad? Different, and is he going to make an impact in Detroit this year? How many of you guys saw Mike Cameron when he played? Anybody? He, the thing with Daz, he's basically a lighter version of his dad. He's probably about 15 pounds lighter so than Mike. Mike Cameron hit the four home runs yep. in one yeah. game, right? So he so. yeah. two home runs in yeah. yeah. Mike, and it's funny, I actually talked to Mike the other day, um, just checking in about Daz, and he said, 
there's a very healthy sense of competition between the two of them. <laughs> very, I, I think, believe it. I think Mike, for those of you who know, Mike is not short on personality. Mike's got plenty of personality. And he asked me, I did, uh, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I did a side-by-side -side swing comp video of the two of them just to kind of show some similarities. And Mike sent me a message and he said, do you remember how far that ball was hit that Daz hit in that video? And I'm sitting there going, gosh, you know, I watched My so ball games. went further. I said, I think it was probably a single or a double. And he goes, uh -huh. my boy's going to have to work harder to keep up with me. <laughs> and so they, and I talked to Daz about it. And Daz's like, man, he's always talking crap to me. Come on. And so there, there's a very healthy sense of competition there. But you look at them physically, Daz is his dad's twin. He's just a little bit shorter um, and on the weight side. He's just a little bit lighter. But again, very similar swing. Dad said, if I can swing and hit like my dad, that's a job well done. He said, obviously, he's going to be a little bit different with his own. Can he own. hold center like him, though? Because his dad was an exceptional You know, I, I think he can from what I've seen so far. He, I would say he's probably... I would call him at least a plus runner. Okay. He showed a little bit, a little bit more than that at times, but I'd say pretty comfortable plus runner. The arm's about average. It's not, you know, an overwhelming arm, but he's got the speed to cover enough ground. Gets great instincts. Gets really, really good reads off the bat. And so I think he's got the the profile to hold that down without a problem. Uh, I have not seen his butt. Can't can't confirm on on the. So butt. I, I have nothing to add. I guess. Um, fantasy wise, from the time Dad's comes up, because I don't think he'll break camp. But, but from the time he comes up for the rest of the year, who would you pick between Kristen Stewart and Daz Cameron fantasy-wise? Daz Cameron. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Because I, I like Kristen Stewart. I think he's going to be an interesting power I just traded Kristen bat. Stewart. Oops. Um, yeah, you made a mistake, I guess. And I... Oh, I would think so yeah. I am gonna say yes um, just because of how aggressively they moved him this year he started yeah. out the year in high a um, jumped into double a handled that pitching just fine handled the outfield just fine um, went into triple a no issues I mean he he really moved seamlessly there's some work to do I think if you want to get really technical on his swing there's sometimes a little bit of imbalance in his barrel control still kind of learning how to work that but smart kid i mean he's got the developing power he yeah. doesn't have that four home run and you know <laughs> type of power yet but again he's only 21 he's he's got plenty of time to develop physically that's so a lot I of what you all. get from the kids with the lineage too is is the capability to work with them they kind of understand yeah. what it takes a lot of them do some of them might have the you know who I am type of deal. Uh, Delano to Shields? Sorry. Yeah, oh. yeah absolutely. No, there, there, it doesn't that always work that lineage way. Lineage didn't work out there. But I'm not surprised to hear uh, all that about Daz, and that, that's definitely exciting. All right, let's talk about uh, somebody who Mets fans were really eager to see this year, Tim Oof. Tebow. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Peter Alonzo. <laughs> Peter Listen, Alonso. It's not all about butts. Sometimes right. it's about forearms. It's about forearms. And oh. Peter God, if Alonso, I could have forearms like him, I could rule the world. You know, you know, if you could grade Peter Alonso's forearms. Did easy eighty. They're you know, Mark McGuire is like, damn. <laughs> Check out those forearms. The bat looked like a toothpick in his hands. Oh, my God. It, he really did. Look, he, I mean, he, he reminds me of an oak tree. Look at yeah. He's built like, like a linebacker. Tree. He runs like one, too. <laughs> 36 homers in the minors this year. Um, exit velocity king. He, he turns in the highest exit velocities in the minors consistency. He's got some swing and miss in his game. Uh, strikeout rate bumped from 18% double-A to 26% in triple-A. You know, it's going to be that kind of prototypical swing and miss power, but it looks like impact power right he, away. Oh, the power is definitely there. And I would definitely say don't 
judge him based on what you see here just because all these guys are completely gassed and yeah. they're they're just out trying to kind of look good for the the organizations who are watching them um but for alonzo he'll be probably a serviceable infielder um i don't see the defense ability there he he made a play the other day one of the games i was at the other day that was pretty good but I just don't see the defensive profile to really like a little, little little snatch pick. thing, yeah. A little, a little pick, yeah. Flip, flip yeah, it's okay. You know. He almost dropped it afterwards. <laughs> I mean, but it was the effort. It was better the than effort Dom Smith. Yeah. He's already better than Dom Smith. And though. if you can be above Dom Smith, that's that's saying something right yeah, there too. Yeah, yeah. But no, the the bat is absolutely there, and I think that's going to sell him a lot, like Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart's defensive profile below average for the most part. I think the same with Peter Alonso. They'll be serviceable and they'll they'll be used for their their power at the plate. I agree with that for sure. All right, last one we're going to talk about here, and then we'll let you go. Is uh, Carter Keboom for the for the Nats? Don't confuse him with Spencer Keboom, his brother, also in the Nats system. This is the the better of the two Keybooms, uh, shortstop prospect. Finished the season in Double A, went went high A Double A this year. Had a pretty good season. Uh, looks to have a lot of tools as well. Uh, what do we see out of Carter Keyboom both this year and going forward overall? Yeah, honestly, this this was the first time I got to see him in person here this fall. I saw a lot of video throughout the year, but um, there, like you said, there are a lot of tools. Um, I think at the plate he's really starting to kind of take a little bit of an uptick with what he's been producing i think that there's definitely some some good lineage there you know which we've seen from from his family but at the same time i think there there's some good ingredients i don't think he's quite there yet but i really like what i've seen from him so far this fall do you do you think there's some uh something to this idea that uh the jump to double a is the other biggest jump than the dump jump to the major leagues and if that is true then should we be worried that every sort of major metric uh took a downturn uh from high a to double a or um, or is that just part of you know development's not linear and he'll make his way there and you know he's yeah the fact when you've got that youth on your side you know that's that's definitely a plus because i think that gives teams an opportunity to really kind of still invest in you and you know, hopefully get some of that stuff polished off. But players have told me, I've asked a lot of them, I said, what's the most difficult jump that you've made? And they all across the board say high A to double A. Mm. Because as a hitter, the pitching gets more yep. crafty. That's you know, as a pitcher, you've got smarter hitters who can size up a fastball and they're able to, you know, to, to hit you a little bit harder than you might plan yeah. on. So it's a tricky jump for M- sure. Mookie said that they, they uh, all the pitchers can suddenly command their secondary stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. not just get ahead with the fastball and, you know, throw throw your secondary scatter shot. It's like yeah. sometimes I'm going to get ahead with a slider. Sometimes yeah. I'm going to, yeah. What, so. what does the uh, defensive profile look like for Keyboom? Would he have enough to push – Trey Turner off if he came this year, or would would Keyboom be the one maybe moving to second base? Yeah, I think this year might be a little bit premature. Like okay. I said, I think there are some some developing pieces there. I don't know if it's quite enough to overpower for a position yet, so sure. he may kind of fall to more of a secondary role for that. But there's definitely a lot there, and I okay. think I think a lot that could be developed. And so we'll just have to kind of sit back and watch it come together. Well, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate you are that. We're not prospect guys, so we need someone who actually knows what the heck they're talking about here. Thank so you. we appreciate your time. Thank you yes. so much for being on. Let's give Emily a hand. Yeah, thank you, Emily. All right, now we're going to move in. If you can handle it, we're going to go and talk about your presentation. Are you ready? Uh, yes. Okay, good. It was not on butts, believe it or not. It was actually on command, and it was a fantastic presentation this morning. 
First off, the thing that you put, something that we used to talk about on the pod all the time, control is not command. Mm. We've explained the difference a million times on this show, but just one more time for those who maybe have missed it or don't quite understand that those are not interchangeable phrases. Control and command are vastly different. Why don't you give us the rundown there and then we'll get into the presentation at large. Uh, well, I think the, the easiest way to sort of uh, sum it up, I tried to do it today and I said, uh, uh, control is can you throw strikes and command is can you do with the ball what you wanted to do? Like, did you, did you do what you wanted to do mm -hmm. with the ball? Uh, and I think that's a, an important distinction because uh, guys throw uh, called strike curveballs all the time. They throw a curveball in the middle of the zone when they think that the hitter is not going to swing. Uh, and they get that called strike, and there's a, a lot of ways where a ball sort of in the middle of the zone is a good is a good ball despite being uh, somewhere uh, that you know you, you might not expect like you might not want a, a pitcher to throw it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Max Max Scherzer is an interesting guy because he doesn't have a high walk rate, but he doesn't have good command, uh, and he has just really awesome stuff. Yes. Uh, and so there's this relationship that I think between stuff, command, and control uh, that's hard to suss out, and that's really the jobs of, uh, of people like Emily uh, and, and Chris Blessing's been around and, and Eric Longenhagen. You know, these guys, I think, do a really good job because especially in the, in the minor leagues, it's uh, – it's it's a really tough thing to tease out for sure uh you're talking about mechanics you're talking about stuff you're talking about confidence you're talking about poise you're talking about makeup uh and you're talking about all these different things come together to pitch but uh the the really interesting thing that i thought in the, in the major leagues uh was that we've now got an opportunity to maybe throw some numbers on command yeah, and you've been working on that a lot. Um, well, uh, I've been working on reading about it. Uh, <laughs> well, and sharing and distilling, distilling what you've been finding. Other people have been doing the work. Because uh, I, I remember, didn't you have the, you did the first piece on the Command Plus uh -huh. earlier this year at The Athletic. And I know, again, that's been something you've been focused on Command now. Because it is such a big thing. And mm -hmm. it, it kind of gets tossed around sometimes where a guy, because he doesn't have many walks and he's, striking guys he has great command then you find out actually he doesn't it's just, it's the stuff that's doing it or well, maybe he does and and i think that you've had some interesting uh arguments on twitter I, about don't argue with people Paul. like michael argue. pineda yeah i don't argue with people really no, no, no. I, no, I just win just, arguments i yes. just i just say I just, things I, that are right and other people I say other things google people no <laughs> um, no i'm just kidding i lose sometimes no, Michael Pineda. Yeah, no, but I think Michael I think Pineda is like difference. central to this. He throws. Yeah. He doesn't walk guys, but he throws in the middle of the zone. And Danny control. Salazar, Danny Salazar, and Michael Pineda are the king of the dick shot. Shane yes. Bieber and, uh, is looking to me like a little bit more control than command right now. Oh, that's interesting. He's been very he showed hittable. up. Bieber showed up on Command Plus as a as a guy with elite slider command. So well, then he needs uh, the rest of the pitches because he's far too hittable so far. Well, uh, I think that may have something to do with his. Uh, I think the other stuff, the, the stuff, fastball. the fastball velocity, the third pitch, uh, and that stuff. But I I, I tried to uh, lay out what BP's been doing, some great stuff with CMD, their command stat, mm -hmm. uh, which sort of talks about. Uh, throwing to the edge of the zone and then stats uh, has a command plus uh, a metric that really talks about intent and um, you know one of the reasons that I like that is that a guy like Tyler Molly Maley Molly Molly you had it Molly. right the first time uh, oh. surprisingly enough to all of us believe kids me. don't take Molly uh, but uh, uh, Tyler Molly uh, had a real uh, tough 
uh, debut. Uh, and you, I think there's a, a lot of people kind of trying to figure out. Put your shoes um, on, Jason. <laughs> your shoes are on. Twitter's exposing you. For having a lot of no people trying to figure on. out if, if, he can, if he can put it back together again. Um, and I'm interested on the dollar level. Yeah. Uh, uh, He'll be free for you sure. Know, I think, uh, I know that Cincinnati is a tough place to pitch, but I see the potential for either two breaking balls and, and, and command, um, or, uh, he improves that changeup. But, uh, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez, I, you know, I know Alex Cor doesn't love him, but I love him. I and still do too. The only should. thing, the only thing that bothers me is the I'll lower half hug. injuries, the persistent lower half injuries, the knee, the, the hip, it seems to, or the ankle. Kind of crazy he shows up on this command list, given I, the fact that his knee is in such his bad lower shape. half, yeah. yeah, yeah, you, would, yeah. you would think that that would affect his ability to command things, mm. but I still really like Eduardo Rodriguez as well. Um, you, you've talked about, and you, you mentioned this at the outset of your presentation, listening, I've come up here before, I've said some things that are wrong, because we're always learning, right? What are some things around command? Where, that when you've have you been learned? wrong in the past? Yeah, uh, tell me every time you've been wrong. <laughs> no, uh, what are some things on command that maybe you thought a year ago that you've now realized maybe? I think aren't I think as I true? was in the same position as major league teams, where I think major league teams for the most part said we we can't really measure command really well, and we can measure velocity, we can measure spin, we can measure stuff, and we can see all this stuff, and it's much easier. So we're gonna let command be. I don't know if they're like. You know, we're not going to look at it at all, but it was kind of like we're going to let command be the last thing. We're going to let command yeah. be the purview of sort of the asterisk. Uh, the oh, maybe we should take this guy because he has elite command, even though he throws ninety or whatever. Especially because it can waver from inning to inning, let alone start to start. That's yep. another thing with command. You don't. I mean, the, the elite guys, the outliers have it and mm -hmm. pretty much have it all the time. But there Probably are guys. Because it's related to your body. And like yeah. your pitchers say different day, different arm. Like you, you get up there and your body's reacting different ways. I, I could see that. But I mean, Trevor Williams, I think, had you know, velocity, command for velocity the Velocity ticks half. up and down and stuff yep. ticks up and down. So uh, I think that I think some of the struggle has been that we didn't haven't had a number to put on it. And mm -hmm. it's much easier if you have a number to put on it. Um, and then some of the struggle is that it, you know, if you, I looked at the results of a pitch up and in, uh, a pitch up and in in 91 has the same results. The pitch up and in in 91 has the same results as a pitch down the pipe at 98. So effective velocity. Yeah. Right. And so a big time effective, velocity. but you could look at that two ways. You can say, well, if I just have a guy who throws 98, then I don't care if he throws dick shots because sure. you know, it's fine. A lot of times they're not going to catch can throw up in 98 it. or just throw it up 98. You know, it'll be great. Uh, or you could look at it and say, well, hey, I've got this guy who throws 91. I think he can, you know, I think he can hit up and in reliably. So, you it's know, more undervalued like asset to get the ladder right. there, so, not pay for the and 98. As, as fantasy guys, you know, just like teams, we have to be able to. And I think some part of the Brewers' brilliance this year was command. Uh, I think some part of taking that starting rotation as far as they did uh, was I think there was two things was throw your best pitch more yes uh, and command it well so Wade Miley throw that cur that cutter in uh, on the their time. hands you know and, and 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 command it to that spot and and throw it 40 percent of the time that's going to be better than the other things you tried to do because we, Can this help we the saw rest? that stuff yeah. and it didn't work yeah, I mean, uh, Derek Johnson's <laughs> influence is strong for sure yeah. and then and he's going to go to Cincinnati and maybe he can turn Maley yeah I mean, make Luis Castillo even Johnson's better had a positive influence wherever he's been starting at Vanderbilt in Chicago then Milwaukee now he's yeah. making his tour around the NL Central no doubt Pittsburgh now, Cardinals fans it's coming you shared a lot of um 
a lot of the no duh guys you talk about how list uh, i think you quoted bill james saying that it should be like 75 percent obviously you know it works if, if you create a match severino Syndergaard. The, the right guys should be up there yeah. um, kyle hendricks led it of course obviously without command he's nothing but He's excellent at command. Another it Kyle, though. It hurts you to say that, doesn't it? It does. It annoys yeah. me. It, yeah, 84. Just wanted to emphasize that. It really hurts, command. doesn't it? It's just it? so annoying. Like, Kyle Gibson is okay. Can you say it? Can you say at, it? At weed whacking my lawn. <laughs> That's it. Um, he can't say it. All right. I, no, Fine. a 130 whip is, is garbage. He's <laughs> is, is still not that good. Uh, I, was, I was right Proud about owner him. on some deep leagues. Another Kyle, though, that uh, I think people would assume that his command was what was winning because of where he pitched. Kyle Freeland showed up really high, and I think that, that kind of gave a stamp of approval on his season. Um, do you think he can, he can continue to, to succeed in Colorado? Kyle Freeland. I, I think so. I think uh, one of the things that is interesting is that he was actually kind of throwing 94 this year. That's, uh, yeah, he's yeah. not some soft tosser. And yeah. I think anytime somebody works primarily with command, it, it is the Kyle Hendricks effect where you assume there's if some soft If he was Hendricks tosser. in Coors, I would have a hard time. Even yeah. with the elite command, I'd be like, the Coors effect is so Miles Michaelis is another one who people think in their head is a soft tosser. He throws 93-94 right. and spikes 95-96. And is, a, is on this command plus yeah. list. So, I mean, I, I, I don't want to take – I don't want to ride command too hard. Like, today sure. I, I, I put some dollar guys up there. And, like, for me, Jorge Lopez – Our boy. Uh, our boy. Uh, Jorge Lopez is, is going from one of the most extreme hitters' environments to one of the most extreme pitchers' environments. He pitched in Colorado Springs. Mix. And AAA with Milwaukee, we, we talked about him on the pod a while ago in Milwaukee's lower system. He goes to Colorado Springs and was just ruined. You talk about how command is confidence and, and yeah. poison stuff like that. Colorado Springs Nibbling. ruins guys. Yeah. And that's why they've been actually taken Walk out of the high spikes. minors. Yeah. They're now a high A affiliate, so you won't have to worry about that as much. But Jorge Lopez threw a nice little, like I think, eight innings of perfect ball or no-hit ball late in the season, popped back up on the radar, along with Lopez, who are a couple other guys that you – that popped up here that you're now uh, putting a little star next to. I think on that dollar level, I've got Musgrove, Lopez. Joe Musgrove showed up with Shane Bieber as a guy mm -hmm. who has a three-pitch mix, has enough velocity, has the command, is under 25. He had just had surgery, but I'm glad it's not a shoulder surgery. It was a, a nether region surgery. Um, a penis surgery? No, it wasn't a penis surgery. It was... You know, it like wasn't a dick shot. Pelvic. Oh, okay. He got the dick shots removed. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that, that must be a really good surgery. I mean, if Danny Salazar could have that surgery. <laughs> Can Michael uh, Pineda get that <laughs> transplant? <laughs> Remove the dick shots, please. Um, no, but uh, Tyler, Tyler Molly was on there. Yeah. And then Trevor Richards, who has a plus uh, changeup and 90-mile-an-hour fastball. Elite changeup. And a great park. Uh, I think that's an interesting – those are guys that are interesting. But if you want a guy, if you're a mixed league listener, um, and you might laugh when you hear this, but I'm still in on you, Luis Castillo. Yeah, boy. Come, come to my team, awesome. baby. Derek Johnson, you just mentioned Derek him. Johnson. He can help him with that fastball uh, a little Elite bit. velocity, elite changeup. Good slider. Uh, not necessarily elite command, but above average command. I think uh, – there's a lot to love about Luis Castillo, and I know he had that bad year. And bad I'm just, I'm just going to be right a year late. It was, okay? it was a bad half. We it were wasn't right even a bad a year, year late. Yeah, exactly. the second half was good. Second half was strong. Yeah. I, I really believe that. All right, um, 
that's going to be it for, for that, for your, for your presentation. It was fantastic, by the way. So very well done there. Let's talk, let's talk some players now. We've had two drafts. Mm. Uh, you and I are both in a draft. We're going to focus primarily on mine because I don't have all the data for yours. But if you kind of know where some of these guys went, you want to mention I want to talk about my draft. I mean, we could de- if you can we somehow about the one get me the board. <laughs> if you want to throw in information on that as well. I, I have the information from my draft. Mm. We're going to start at the top. Matt Modica at CTM Baseball took uh, Ron Lacuna fourth overall. Now, of course, if you have the four pick, that's your only chance to get him this year. There's no, there's no two ways well, around it. In I think. my draft, where'd he go? Uh, Machado, Arenado. You took Machado at five. I took Machado at five. Arenado went six. Listen, Machado, Arenado, you say potato, I say potato. I say mine's way better. You say yours. Mine plays shortstop, you know, steals bases. Yours, you know, sometimes, plays in Colorado. Sometimes he just chooses not to. <laughs> I say you were drinking. You weren't drinking. Yeah. <laughs> where, where did anyway, Acuna go in yours? I think seven or eight. Okay. Uh, and I, I like him a little better after the established guys. Sure. But I think for me the question is, um, you know, he made that adjustment in the in the middle of the season after being uh, hurt. Yeah, he was out hurt. That's what I'm saying. People oh, kind yeah, of forget I that. I guess so. But I, I think of the season as sort of the when he reached and when he didn't, and he sort of he sort of was swinging at everything a little bit early on, and then late he kind of found this play discipline, and he went from like a 30% strikeout rate early. Uh, to more of a 20 to 24. Yep. If he's a 20 to 24 guy, then he can really hit 290, 300, uh, and hit all of these benchmarks that'll make him uh, a sexy number four. And, and like, really, maybe I should have because he's. If there's anybody that can beat Trout in the game, it, you know, because of his Betts, speed, you you maybe he sh- maybe it should just go Trout, Betts, Acuna. I mean, those are the guys that have the speed, have the power, have the batting average. Yeah. you know. No, I, d- I didn't hate it, and again, that's his only opportunity to get him. So if you think he's a first round pick, that was Matt's first round pick. Um, you, we talked about Steamer coming out today. They got him down for twenty eight twenty five on the homers and steals with a two seventy eight average. Uh, 93 runs and 80 ribbies. I mean, that's an amazing season. That's a first-round season without a doubt there uh, for Ron Lacuna. So I just wanted to mention him quickly. Jason, how early would you take Acuna? Not four. I mean, one of the weird things you talk about the strikeouts, you know, looking at his, his 10-game rolling average, over the last 40 games of the season, it just kept going up, 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 and up after making such an improvement there in the middle part of the season. Which is where, I mean, I get the point. If you think he's a first-rounder and you want him that badly, you take him where, where you want. But yeah, I lead more toward Dino. But I was saying the same I thing. I get that sense that he was pressing late in the season. He was pressing. He was trying to put the team on his back. He's gotten to the postseason. He was kind of reaching again. So that's in him. Yeah, you know? it doesn't look. But I was saying the same thing last year that people were drafting him. And he wasn't on my team. And I also yeah. didn't win anything. So yeah. 293, oh. so. By the way, I, I, I don't think he's here. But uh, James Anderson wanted it to be brought up that we talked about where he took him last year. And we chided him yes, heavily. And so uh, and our, our Mia culpa on that season. one. I mean, a little bit light on runs in RBI, but Jesus. And that's 111 games yeah. uh, that he had last year going 26-16, 293. The lesson is never chide James Anderson. No, you really shouldn't, especially <laughs> on prospects. I mean, he's really sharp there. All right, let's move on. Speaking of prospects, speaking of something we just talked about, I mentioned it. Vlad Jr. went 18th. To Clay Link, another strong prospect guy. In fact, they do a prospect podcast together. How can you question Clay, though, after the season uh, he had this year? Oh, my God. He, like won, he played in 10 leagues and won 15. Here's the thing. When you really try to think about it, and obviously there's like injury or whatever. We're not putting that. We're trying to put 
he gets 500 plate appearances. What is truly a downside on Vlad? Uh, I would say something. Uh, what did you just say was the uh, games total on, on Acuna? He had 111. So I think that's probably your uh, tops games total for Vlad, for Vlad Jr. Tops? Well, he got hurt. Uh, okay. But okay. But I, so I think, 130. I think but, hey, like, yeah, but hang on. He had 487 plate appearances. That's what I'm saying. So let's uh, talk about 500. Maybe we should recalibrate because like sort of our pitchers, we were talking about how pitchers – if you get 140 yeah. innings, maybe it doesn't matter. Like if Walker Bueller gets 150 innings, but he can still be an ace. Playing time, like there's just not as many playing time aces on either side of yeah, the ball. Yeah, might be true. So you're right. Okay, so let's talk about like 500. He plays 111 games-ish, Vlad does. A triple slash, like where do you think that is on a downside? Because I can't really get lower than like 285. I, you know, the one thing that I want to say right now, and this is going to uh, put some chills into your body, Ooh, I'm uh, already pretty cold in here. I'm not going to lie. It Dom- did get cold. Dominic Smith. Oh, Why dude. would you say that? Listen, I, I just want to say... I thought he was going to say Dominic Brown. No, that's, <laughs> what, that's what I was thinking about. Sorry, Dominic Brown. Wait, oh, what? Dominic Brown. No, no. Listen why I brought him up. Dominic Brown, before he played a, a game in the major leagues... just committed a hate crime. Dominic Brown, before he played a game in the major leagues, was projected by Bill James to go 30-30. And we all got moist. And... <laughs> And then, I, we, then we saw him play here. And he was terrible. Obviously flawed <laughs> and probably not Vlad Guerrero Jr.'s problems. But probably, time, he says. No, I'm just saying a projection based on zero major league playing time. Yeah, but all of Bill James' projections were super lofty. Yeah, That's why they they're not were. up anymore. Yeah, you're right. I'm just right. saying that this plate patience, like the, the plate approach of Vlad. And he strikes out less than he walks. Yeah, it's insane. Mm. And I just can't get to a spot where I'm thinking if he plays 500 plate appearances, so he's not particularly injured, how does he hit lower than like 280? But we're, we're, this is a deep league draft. So he's gonna, he takes Guerrero 18th. Then he either has to take two more third basemen, and then he's got a, he's he's wobbly, yeah. and he's got to take some weird ass last closer. No, or... I mean he'll be he'll, he'll be. It's a fifty round draft in hold. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Let me actually see if so he, then took, he took Mondesi in the fourth round. He, yeah, right? he did. He took Mondesi. Uh, he actually yeah. We'll go into oh, Mondesi my God. real quick. But now you're just like fully laden with the risk. I well, mean, yeah, got, he paired him with Mondesi just, at forty three. Yeah. I mean, you've got a situation where Guerrero like doesn't come up to light. Oh, maybe he gets hurt, and then now he's not up until June, July, so he, August. He got Machado thirteenth. And by Alberto the way. is striking out thirty five percent of the time, walking one percent of the time, and Kansas City's like maybe he can yeah, use some time in minor leagues. And then all of a sudden he's got no third baseman and second baseman. Okay, and we're all saying, oh, he was such a genius on draft day, but I I, I can find Wait, the downside. No, no, this this oh, is Clay Link though. This is his partner. I mean, we're we're committing the same foul again on Rotowire. I know, I know. But on it's Mondesi, the same. he's I probably going to be right. I can easily find the downside on Mondesi. I Mondesi. Mean, people people invoke the name of Jonathan VR for the for the upside. No, look at the Buxton. look at the year right after that, and of course Buxton. Yeah, they did their pot in here, and you hear Derek Van Riper talk about Mondesi, and if you had walked in before he said the name, you'd have thought it was Buxton. It's the same exact Tools. stuff. Terrible, that, you know, terrible what's plate the low work. Side twenty-five steals, or he plays twenty-five. No, the low games. side is he's not in the major league. Yeah, the low side is he's a garbage player. Yeah, I mean that's um, that's I think something we missed on the whole Billy Hamilton argument. I love Mike Podhorzer's death, but Mike Podhorzer always projected Billy Hamilton into like twenty-five dollars of value, and I was like, dude, yes, maybe, but you, that's 
that's like there's a there's sort of a mean there's a variance problem here. Yeah. The the bottom end of Billy Hamilton is zero. Is garbage. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's a backup player. He's yeah. not maybe a major leaguer at right. all. And I think that's the sort of reality we're going to this year where people are like drafting him very low and being yeah, he's like, finally where he should be. Yeah. Billy Hamilton. And his maybe he's finally come he down. Maybe he'll play all year. Now he can return. Some maybe value. he's Terrence Gore, you know, like, you know, we're yeah. not, you know, it's way closer to Terrence Gore than he is to a starting center fielder. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Now as a fourth outfielder, you can be Rajay Davis for years, draw Dyson. So th- mm. this might be perfect for him, but uh, okay. So Clay took Vlad and Mondesi. The pick right after Mondesi is, is why I still have a little pause taking him at 43rd. Whit Merrifield, his teammate, went 44th. And I just feel like that's the the safer version where you're going to trade some of the power. How old is Whit Merrifield? He's five years older or four years older. I I get it. I get it. Uh, So maybe even six or seven years older. I get that. So you're trading that and some of the pop for like 50 points of batting average, though. Mm. Even on a a positive end for Mondesi, you're looking at, what, 265? No. No. I'm sorry. You don't think that's a, uh, even a high end? Well, that makes the over under for Adbalanabral to Mondesi's batting average this year for me is 232. That just makes Whit Merrifield even better then. And Whit Merrifield led the AL in stolen bases with 45 and hit 304. Yeah. And so, yes, he's, he's going to be 30 next Jesse year. Jesse made a good point, though, that you can't really project him into 707 plate appearances. That's pants. fair. Yeah. So, you know. I mean, the thing with Mondesi. But you also can't project Mondesi's steal rate to be anywhere near where it was. It was a historic steal mm. rate. What you could turn Mondesi into is Tim Anderson if things don't go well. That's exactly what I said during their pod when they, when they or no, during our draft. I asked James and Clay, yeah, but, I said, what's the difference? You know, when I like to draft Tim Anderson is when he's like three bucks and he's going in my ale only auction or maybe he's 10 bucks in my ale only You're auction. not getting that anymore though but you know last year he was yeah i know so like at alberto is i'm just, it's like the wrong time to buy the best time to buy is next year after he hits 230 this yes. year yes exactly after he flops for sure yeah. i mean not that i'm saying he's gonna flop for sure but i think that would be the best time to well, buy. the good news is kansas city will let him stay up all year once you know they certainly that is should. that is that is <laughs> there is that sort of that billy hamilton thing doesn't sort of exist when it's like the second year right. and but if you start to get to a two the white Sox let him let anderson stay up yeah, as bad exactly. as he looked they just yeah. let him keep playing yeah uh, i just added anderson two years ago in labor and i paid 12 bucks and i probably got like six bucks back and it was a terrible year but you know, the deeper the league, the more you'd be like, well, Adalberto is going to play. So I think like in AL only, I think Adalberto might be worth that money. Yeah. And maybe 15 team MI, maybe. But like if you're talking about a 12 teamer and someone's going to go at you and try to get Adalberto in the second or third round, just Ma- let him Mondes go. Mondesi going to be a consistent top 60 pick. And I think 60 uh, is even going to be the, the And the shallower there. your league is, the more you need to be out. Really? Yes, because shallower leagues, you need to protect your batting average. That's fair. In a 12-team uh, league, you need to protect piece. your batting you're average. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. this is a 230 hitter. All right, let's jump all the way to the other end of the spectrum in terms of like what Mondesi, Guerrero, Acuna. Talk about Carlos Correa, a more established guy here, but coming off injury. He went 37th. That feels like a nice spot for him. What sort of confidence do you have in him to finally be healthy, Jason, and actually start to pan out to the level that a lot of people have believed that he could, including myself. I've always had high hopes for Carlos Correa. I'm still excited about his future. And at this price, I'm willing to buy back in. But what are you expecting in 19? Yeah, I'm willing to buy back in, too. I mean, this time last year, he was 15, like 15, 18, 15 to to 22, somewhere around there. And he just looked so bad down the second half, and it, you know, it was you know it was with the injury. So it's, two it's just years in a row though that he played through is. injuries. He told Eno a couple of years ago that, or was it seventeen that he was playing through injuries in the second half? 
I it guess is. Year, this year, clearly the back. I mean, yes. Yeah. The, yeah. The back was terrible for him this year. He was he was definitely hurting. Absolutely. And you got to hope all that gets healthy. But bad backs, Paul, as you know, uh, don't ever. And I don't do anything except sit around and play video games. <laughs> trying get to play 100%. baseball. So, so, I mean, we've seen him flash when he's been absolutely brilliant in the, in the postseason. Uh, not this year, obviously. Last year, yeah, we've so, seen him yeah. be absolutely brilliant, just, but just looks look terrible this, this second half this year. Just a little gripe for the way Houston plays. God damn the Belichick thing. Come on. Can you just tell us what the hell is wrong with these people? Yeah. Dude, this guy was out with back stiffness for three months. And then that yeah. is some BS. Altuve just had Correa what was, and Altuve. What was, what, he had some serious ankle, surgery. Didn't he have the ankle surgery knee. Or something? No, knee, knee surgery. surgery. It was like the whole thing was displaced. His like whole knee was in a different Avulsion place. fracture, I think they call yeah. it. Yeah. Like, he was like, my knee is not where it's supposed to yeah. be. And, you know, people are like, oh, he had knee soreness. And, you know. Yeah, everything's soreness. Yeah, that's some BS, man. He it's like when they say the players out day to day with flu-like symptoms. It's yeah. called being hungover. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a patella avulsion fracture. It's so like we still right don't knee. know what the back situation is. I mean, like, what, what, what was your back problem? Spinal stenosis. I mean, it's just, it, it's just general back. Up but do you have like a disc that slipped yeah, or herniate, something? Herniate herniated disc. disc, and that matters, right? Because if it's like a herniated, if it's uh, and like I, I had some lower back problems, and they were like, "Well, you're fine," but if it was upper back or like the upper back versus mine's lower back, up. no, mine's upper and it's okay, but lower is bad. Mine's moved up, and we don't even know where in his body this problem is. We no, just it, know that somewhere around here, it's it hurts. <laughs> yeah, and that that is worrisome. But again, I'll. You, you pay attention to the spring news. We kind of see where we're at with yeah. Correa, but I'm willing to buy back in uh, at this price because healthy, I still think he's one well, of the we don't, best We out don't there. get spring training exit velocities unless they play uh, in he Colorado. Plays? Oh, no, they're in Florida. They're in Florida, right. So we won't hit exit velocities. Colorado, what do you mean Colorado? One, uh, the Colorado spring training facility oh, okay, okay. Uh, has Salt River. Has, Salt River the has have exit as well? velocities. And, or maybe Surprise, I surprise had, it. had it as well. It doesn't anyway, have, there's a couple out here. A couple out but here that, yeah, Surprise has anyway. exit velocity. They're in Florida anyway, But they're in so Florida. I think the one thing you could look at maybe is strikeout rate because the strikeout rate and his whiff rate went up. Yeah. I know it's a small sample thing, and you're kind of grasping at straws, but if he's not striking out, maybe he's feeling but good. But strikeouts and walks have always been a thing in spring training. You better. can actually they're look at it a little better, bit, yeah. too. All right, back on to the Young, young Bucks because uh, Juan Soto went 42nd, and that one wasn't so jarring to me. This plate approach of his is unbelievable, and – while I, I don't hate being aggressive on Vlad despite never playing, I feel like I would rather just wait and get Juan Soto and get maybe a little bit of a lesser Vlad or maybe the same sort of thing. What, what do you think about uh, Juan Soto this year, Jason, after the rookie season he had? I love watching that kid hit. It's, it's, it's incredible. Just, just such a great approach at the plate. I would have, if I would be picking a few spots ahead of that, I probably would have taken them myself. We talked about it when he got called up, and I said I'd blow my entire free agent budget yeah, on go for at it. that point, and he justified that. that well, because there's a measure of confidence that they had in him to even bring him up at that age. Correct. Skipping essentially skipping double A. He played like eight games there, and so that's five what plate appearances above high A ball. I, you know, again, we talk about Vlad with the batting average and all that. And I do see like a really strong floor, uh, but Soto just went out as a 19-year-old, hit 292, 
uh, with a 16% walk rate, 20% strikeout rate. Again, he looks it, like a 25, 26 year old at the plate, and yeah. he's not I mean, even he, 21 he yet. A Joe bunt, he dropped he a bunt down against the shift. Like he he went oppo uh, so in the major leagues. He went oppo taco. So like I feel like in, in some ways I had a, a an NL Rookie of the Year vote this year, and there was a moment where I was like maybe Soto just because I kind of I think some of the things he does are better long term. They're so close, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and then. I'm not allowed to actually say what. Yeah, I how do you, how do you split those two? Um, Can you so give us a sign. I just think, is it whoever had I, the better butt? I went with the consensus probably. I mean, um, the guy who won probably in the end. So would you rather have pay the premium for Vlad or wait and get Soto a couple rounds later? Soto is going to play the whole season. He's give probably going to hit 290. Yeah, I yep. think I'm taking Soto. There's and again, more, I don't hate the Vlad pick. I really don't. I just I don't see a huge gap between them, so give me the discount. All and, right. the, and the gap between third base and outfield is not necessarily so huge. Exactly. I was a little jarred by by these two. They went back to back, interestingly enough. Miguel Andahar at 52, Glaber Torres at 53. The two interesting Yankees. Uh, we know about Andahar's defense. I don't think that's necessarily going to cost him playing time, and it won't cost him any eligibility as far as third base. If anything, they might move him to first for this year, but that would only impact the future. Uh, Eno, what do you think of the, the, the two Yankees, Miguel Andahar and Glaber Torres? Who would you rather have, and do you object to the 52 53 picks that they went back to back i ended up with glyber today you did um i went uh machado in, in the fit in the fifth pick uh snell severino uh glyber strasburg okay and so that means so he was my sort of around the 50th yeah around the same spot uh, i wouldn't have necessarily picked Har because there are other third basemen that can do what he can do uh Gliber was a risky pick for me, but I see speed there, and the speed also separates him from Andahar. For sure. And even though Gliber reaches a little bit too much outside the zone and may be exploited this year, I still think that even in a bad year, he can hit 250 with 25 homers and 15 steals because those are the sort of tools that Gliber brings to the table. So uh, you're talking about a middle infielder who can do those things. He's going to steal bases versus uh, a third baseman who's kind of like a to me I, I see like a 280 315 320 yeah. OBP he does not going to walk uh, he's not going to be at the top of the rotation at uh, uh, the top Line of the lineup up. he's not going to uh, he's not going to do intangibles he's going to be taken out early so he's, the runs in RBI are going to be a little bit lower than you think because even if he is the third baseman and then you got to throw in the risk that they signed Manny Machado and you know, make him a first baseman or a DH, or send him in a trade, and then maybe he's not in a place that's See, nice, be a, conducive to could his be a power. Trade candidate. Yeah. And if he's if he's somewhere that suddenly like, what if he ends up in Miami? I don't know. I'm not. I don't have a trade in my head right now. But if he ended up in Miami, and all of a sudden you're talking about a guy who's going to hit 275 with like 18 to 22 homers in Miami. That's boring. You know, and uh, and yeah, and not have many runs in RBI. So I think there's just a lot of downside with Andujar. Um, and not necessarily a ton more upside. Whereas with Gliber, at least he plays the middle infield. At least he steals bases. Uh, I'd rather have Gliber. Uh, same on the stolen base thing, though. Aaron Boone really hasn't shown like he wants to run much. That's I true. I mean, they they don't want to give away those outs well, for Gliber the home runs. Stole, I think he stole nine. He stole six. He stole six. six. But as the Yankees, like a third his, of a season, Yankees as a whole had the fifth lowest mm-hmm. stolen base. As, successful stolen bases last year. They only attempted 85 as a team last year. Okay. Mm, so they don't move around too much. 
Um, so I, I don't know if he – I think he has – I don't think. I feel he has the speed to steal more than that. But Definitely. they're not willing to give out the outs. Uh, Boone just hasn't shown that aggressiveness. I'll be, I'll be honest. I like, sort of hope for 15 out of him. In, on my team, I, I think it's I think it's plausible for sure, and it would definitely depend on what the, Jason's yeah, saying the about. Yeah, projection is nine. I could see Boone being sort of a station station guy, especially with some of the guys he's got. Stan Judge, you know, don't get hurt, don't steal Correct. bases. Correct. So don't the, be Ellsbury. The draft I was in, uh, absolute Shark Tank, and and every year, you know, talk about what Vlad or um, what James and Clay were doing. You got Matt Modica. Uh, I mean, just the whole room is ready to kind of. Put it out on the table. And, also, and, and the you know, but the weird want. thing is, like, it's also like I'm gonna do this so you talk about it. That, that's that's definitely part of it. And you know, that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, this guy so that it ends up on your podcast. That's part you have of to a, say my name. Right say that's my name. Say my name. That's part of an interesting <laughs> thing in general, though. So, with that in mind, I I knew I had to move this guy up. So I moved David Dahl up in my rankings to my 22nd outfielder, and I still couldn't get him that garbage bag matt modica ctm baseball go tweet him let him know he's a garbage bag <laughs> takes him 64th overall and frankly i love it i'm yeah. very excited i know he's there have been a few false starts but the finish to the season obviously he had the big week with like you know eight homers and six games or whatever with david Dahl. but i think there's a power speed combo here in colorado Para and Cargo, both free agents. They're gone. There's no reason to bring either of them back. Ian Desmond's an old man. Is it time for David Dahl to have the full breakout? Enough? I think one of the things that's really important is to go read Jeff Zimmerman's piece on Who? Giancarlo Stanton. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman has a piece about whether or not health is a, a skill or, yeah. or a tool or, or something you can count on going forward. Um, and I think that there's enough of the bizarre and the weird when it comes to David Dahl's injuries where – like right now, it's sort of like, oh, you, you have to take 100 plate appearances off that projection because it's David Dahl. And then like two years from now, we'll be like, oh, remember when David Dahl was like, you know, we thought he was injury prone. Jed, Jed Lowry's like had full seasons. Yep. Uh, and then not had full seasons. I, like, do we know if Jed Lowry is, you know, injury prone? I think there's a lot of uh, uh, I think we sort of assume that we know more about health than we do. I guess is basically what I'm saying. I think that health is a really complicated situation where some guys have some innate ability and some guys are uh, just working to put themselves in the right situation. I, I remember talking to, uh, this is a weird segue, but uh, uh, mm -hmm. Carl Crawford. Yeah. Super uh, Carl Crawford, everyone said, this guy's injury prone. He sucks. He's terrible. And mostly he was, but uh, he told me that. Uh, Sick story. When he. <laughs> When he left Boston, when he left Boston, Dodgers, the Dodgers told him, you run wrong. What? Uh, yeah, they say you run wrong, and your strides are too long, and that's what's leading to the hamstring problems. Wow. Uh, they didn't fix and, it, though, did they? Uh, and I've talked to guys like Tommy Pham about, like, running form uh, and staying healthy due to running form. So there's obviously, like, I think there is some innate ability, but then there's also – the team's ability to put you in the right position, the team's ability yeah. to uh, develop you better and to put you and say, hey, you do, you're running wrong, you're swinging wrong, you're doing this, you're running into the outfield. You're adding We don't risk, need you to risk. bang your head into the outfield wall. We Price just, Harper. you know, let the doubles go, you know? Yeah. So hey, For Dahl, a couple of notes on him. It seems like he's 
you know, we've been waiting through these problems, but he's still only turning 25 here. Mm. He's really not old. I think we're spoiled by guys like Soto and, right. and the young guys who come up in the 19 to 21 window that we have that expectation. So we look at Dahl and say, like, old. And no, he's not. I'm 25. I mean, let's go. At that I point, mean, it just like, more if everything works out right, he could be what Corey Dickerson was when he first came up. That's, that's what I see there is Corey Dickerson, uh, first year, 25 homers, 310. Uh, but with some speed, three, yeah, yeah, and that's I what I see here as a repeat of that. And Babbitt, but again, he's twenty-five. Babbitt cleans up some of that strikeout rate right. problem. That yeah. huge, the expansive outfield, it's, it yep. works. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Um, one thing we've talked about already at this conference a bit. I know it was on your panel, Jason, about catcher oh, and, and the wasteland that it is. Even some leagues saying we got to take out one of the catchers because it's so bad. I was not surprised. Well, first off, you guys have the rundown, but if you had to guess without having seen it, when did you, when would you have thought the first catcher uh, went? What would what would mm. those? You're in a 15 team, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. End of five, early six. Yeah, so 75th was JT Real Muto, first catcher off the board. I think Gary Sanchez went first in our draft in like the fifth or sixth. I think Real Muto went $20 in the 12 team auction today. Okay. Oh, so Real Muto went went before Sanchez? Yeah, I think Real Muto went $40 in the 12 team mix. Yeah. Sanchez went 88th. So 75 and 88 with them. I mean, I, I die for the middle. I die for the middle. I don't want the crappiest second catcher. Yeah. Because the crappiest second catcher is a huge negative. He's not even going to play. It's a massive a negative. Yeah. Minus minus player. Right. So I don't want your second catcher. Uh, I don't want a non-starting second catcher. Sure. Like for example, today uh, I got Posey after the the catcher run. You got him in tenth round. I got him in the tenth round, and I know he's an old man, but can he hit 280 with 15 homers? Probably. He wakes up and does that in his yep. sleep. And then my second catcher was uh, Francisco Mejia, oh, who wow. I may have overdrafted compared to some second catchers because we don't know where Francisco Mejia is going to play third, but you if know, he plays, minors. If he doesn't play catcher, that's a boom. You can play more. You want guys yeah. that you want I, catchers I, I that believe don't in catch. the hit tool, and I'd rather have him than like Robson Chirinos is like 36 years old yeah. or some bullshit. Yeah, I'm for sorry. sure. Nah. No, he's um, leaving the, he left the Rangers. He goes none. We took 23 yeah, rounds today. We're going yeah. for him anymore. He's like he's floating out there in the ether. You're going to take some guy who doesn't even have a job. We, we did 23 rounds today. I didn't draft a catcher yet. Whoa. But what's your plan? Okay, let me tell you some of the catchers that are still available because I'm They're not I'm really ass. not worried. Yadi Molina, Jorge or Danny Alfaro. Jansen was a good pick in our in our in our He's still draft. Available. I was into that. Molina, Molina Alfaro, Hedges, Zanino, Jansen, Suzuki. Yeah, Jansen. You know, all those guys are gone in mixed. my draft. Yeah, the, our league did oh, draft catchers. He went to catchers. twelve team mixed dollar uh, days. Uh, Who? I know. That I'm saying those. those my, ones that are in my available. league, most of those names are gone. No, and we, we did the same setup, the same situation. Yeah, we've got catchers available. Jansen's gone. Zanino's gone. That's why I didn't care. And so I just kept punting it um, and took two reserves, a hitter and a pitcher instead. Wilson I mean, that's could, one of the things that you should do, I think, in a draft is uh, if you have a position of need, have a list of the players at that position of need just so you have a sense of, like, how – like Always know. Because yeah. I think uh, you, yeah. you, you see this sometimes where, you like, people look at the board at first and then they stop looking at the board. And they're only looking at their computer. Yeah, once it hits the middle, you start getting And then they're just like, I need a first baseman, you know. And today I needed a first baseman. So I, I tried to look at the board and look at what was available and look at my thing and try to not get too. Get? I ended Dominic up with Mancini. Smith. Okay. Really late. Mancini yeah. and Belt are my first. I, I, I mean, I, I just let those guys That's go. Boringly fine. First base, not that deep, by the way. It, I know. I, 
I sort of got Weird, there. Weirdly but, thin. But what I did was I had a list. My cue was very first base heavy. Yeah. And I just sort of watched that. And Belt was like, oh, God, I'm going to have Eric Thames if I don't get Belt. <laughs> and he doesn't Thames have a starting may job. Not, may not have a job. Yeah. So I better get Belt and throw him in there. Let's, so. jump, let's jump into the pitching realm. There were no pitchers taken in the first round, but then, of course, they really started to go. Uh, you could basically say Jacob DeGrom was right there. He was 16th. He was the first one off the board. Um, Jason, are you taking a pitcher in the first round at any point in a 15-teamer? No. I don't think I am either. Eno, what about you? I didn't do it today because I had the fifth the pick fifth and I pick. had Machado. But yeah. if you were in the last four picks, I've been talking to Andrew Perpetuo about this, and uh, I agree with him. I think, uh, I think, <laughs> I think there's. So in the past, we've talked about this on this on this on this podcast on this very podcast. Uh, we've talked about how we think there's probably sort of a top twenty and like a, a drop off after yep, that. Yep, for right? sure. And in the past, the I've I've sort of read that as, oh, look, if I get like the 18th and the 19th guy, I'm super excited. Uh, I think you can flip that on his head. That's something that Andrew was sort of bringing up, which is like, why not get three? Yes. You why not leave with three aces? I think you and I and some other pitching folks we've uh, been late to it because we think we think oh we we'll find guys later. Yeah. But everybody's at the trough when you when you get right. into that sixth, seventh, and eighth round. Everybody's like, yep. "Ooh, here are my sleepers," and there's like a ton of. So today, I, I went Snell, Severino, Strasburg. I love and it. And like, wow, like what? I got uh, four of my top thirty. And in the when everybody else was going for uh, pitchers, I got Posey, Devers, uh, DeYoung, Conforto, and AJ Pollock. That was those are the rounds where everybody else was going for pitchers, and I was like, "Whoa, these hitters are." really strong. decent yeah those you are know, strong and, and that's 10th uh, and later is, er, and, the, and the trade-off is my fourth and fifth starting pitchers like fulmer honeywell and woodruff but you know what you got Woodruff. it's kind of like a major league staff and i think yes. we need to start thinking like major league staff the major league staff is let me get as many aces as i can up front and then, and then my fourth it. and fifth guy you're gonna be you know guys you're piecing it together be some guys Art, like i have archie brad like mine is like a, this is a major league staff bradley and fulmer I'll take Fulmer out when he's in the wrong parks yeah. and if he's hurt or and on Bradley the DL. Bradley can be the closer. And Bradley can give me maybe another 60, 70 innings and maybe only 10 saves but or maybe 30 saves, but, like, he'll be a good pitcher. So I, like, tried to just get good pitchers and uh, right now, I may have like 40 saves on my on my staff, but there's another 25 there's rounds. To go. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, are you taking uh, Walker Buehler or Clayton Kershaw first? Probably Kershaw. I only, I'm on the other side of. I mean, last year I was on the other side with. I didn't want where Luke Weaver was being drafted, yeah. and that's where I am with Bueller this year. Whoa. I Bueller don't went, want Bueller where he's being drafted. Bueller anyway. went 34th. I get no. so excited. And then I got Kershaw 41st. Yes, I like that better. Kershaw's throwing 89 right now. Uh, seven percent. Seven percent of uh, pitchers who've lost uh, velocity after the age of 30 have regained it. Okay, do I need him to regain it though? He had a 273 ERA. No, we're acting like he fell apart. I don't understand that. His fastball looked exactly the same as his slider, and they were both 89. What the hell? How did he have a 273 ERA? Oh, by the way, he's elite at Command Plus. That's what I was just about to bring up. (laughs) And so, but no, I just can't pay the price. I cannot pay the price, but that's exactly where I was with Weaver last year. See, I can play. I can pay the Bueller price, but when I saw Kershaw last, you know the peripherals are better on Bueller than Weaver. 
Weaver still had kind of a kind of a blah strikeout. Weaver had a lot to still work on. I agreed with you on the Weaver situation, but with Bueller, I think there's just a lot more to go. And I may be out there on an island, but with with Bueller, with coming out of college, being hurt, having his delivery stunted, uh, his his growth development stunted. I definitely think injuries. Then then this this year, all of a sudden, here comes all of this workload, and Mm. he's still young. I'm just. The concern but that goes a, back to our playing There's going to be a little thing. bit of burnout in 2019. You can get 140 innings, though, and he can still be a top 20 pitcher with that easily, with 140. Like, you don't need a high volume. It I'm, just I'm more concerned about the burnout. I mean, I'm not talking many, like he's going to reduce, but I think at like 140, 145 innings, there may be like 25 of those towards the end where they're bad. See, that, that, that could be the issue. If, they are, if he is pitching through injury or, or through fatigue and they're bad innings, I'm less. I'm more worried about that than opposed to. Okay, he does get an injury. They set him down for ten days, but not bef- not because of a bad. Oh, he start pitches for the something. Dodgers. He's going down for yeah, ten for days sure. at least once, without a doubt. Um, Multiple times. Let me get a show of hands in here. How many of you would take Bueller first before Kershaw? And how many would take Kershaw first? It's kind of split. It's kind. It's kind of split. Again, I had no thoughts on taking Kershaw. I'm in the tank for young dudes with like 99. Just like crazy and breaking butts. balls and oh. good butts. And a good butt. First Just give me co- all the good butts. First closer went off the board at 58th. Edwin Diaz, is he your number one closer, you know? Edwin Diaz? I mean, there's a, there's a bit of a workload situation there. Uh, Mike's son, Dr. Mike's son, does work on fatigue units, and, mm-hmm. and, and Edwin Diaz just blew that crap out the water he had to reassess yeah. the whole scale. Remember, but do you remember when Seattle at the end of the season was like, whoa, we're, you know what, we're going to – we're going to take we're, the we're foot off now. the accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> well, they won uh, so many one-run games. They won an insane amount of one-run games. It finally it caught up to them in the season. Out. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Sometimes it can last the whole year. It kind of caught up to them. But one thing I will say about closers is it, it does – I think there is a, a situation right now where you kind of want the top three or get the heck out. Yeah, well, who are your top three then? Um, Diaz – Trying in Kimbrel, or do you have Jansen up there still? Do you have Osuna? Hey, by the way, Steamer Projections has uh, Ryan Brazier with 34 saves. Wow. Because they've got nobody else in the depth chart right now. Oh, yeah, because Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah you got to watch right? the, the Fangraphs depth charts. Yes. You know, that's what's going on. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, the Red Sox will sign somebody, and people think it's not going to be Kimbrel. I think uh, I think uh, Kimbrel Diaz and uh, Checky later. I think actually do, do you because know why? Uh, I'm a little bit worried about Jansen's velocity uh, in no late in the season. You're the reason the I took Trinan this year. The witch. Yeah, I guess Trinan. You calling him? Yeah, yeah. We talked. I think to he's about probably him. the closer. I don't need two. One will be good. He was right-handed. <laughs> right-handed. No, I had I had no problems with Blake Trinan. I I I have. You know, kissed his picture uh, as I go to bed. All right, you know, plenty this of is, times. No, I mean, we are so far off the rails with that. <laughs> That's this is why the Twitch stream said mature audiences. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Among many other reasons. Uh, Jason, where are you on closers right now? I'm because just, it, you don't. Oh, no, come on, read, just real quick. You, 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 you the, like top three. He's in there. He's my second one, man. Really? Why wouldn't he be? What's there to worry about with Trinan? I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's confirmation bias because I was expecting this, man. You got me hyped on him back in Washington. A lot of close – I mean, they played a lot of close games. Yeah. He's I got a lot, of great, a lot of great pat set up to get between the starter and him. Yep. And the way he's used. I, I love him. I mean, my problem with Diaz, taking Diaz high, is he's coming off that amazing season. You go back and look at other guys that come off that year – 
Yeah, I know that Johnson had that back-to-back 50-save season, but then he had that huge drop-off. But when, when a guy goes from – I mean, Diaz took a giant step forward from 17 to 18. Oh, yeah. Trinan giant. started this with Oakland in Correct. 17. Okay, I got, I got one thing. I got one thing. Okay. Uh, here are the uh, sinkers that are most like Blake Trinan's sinkers. Okay. Um, there is no other list. Sam Dyson and Zach Britton. Okay. Zach Britton got hurt. Sam Dyson. And Blake trying to just threw 80 innings with his best strikeout rate of all time. So, yeah. I don't know. It, I, it, we're, now we're venturing into that sort of like, oh, that, 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 that dickhead on Twitter that like every time someone's get hurt, he like, he's like, oh, I have this picture oh, yeah. of his like elbow oh, yeah. in the wrong position. Check out that and I could have I told you that you know he would be hurt oh, you like a year ago. you predict a pitcher would get hurt? Yeah. Wow. Where can I buy your and newsletter? And he in at the moment where we're all like, oh my hey, God, this sucks. Tomorrow. We can't yes. have nice things. And he's like, I told you so. I knew it. That per- that by the way, that person's uh, still waiting to say Chris Sale. They told oh, you yeah, so. He, on that. Well, you know, Chris Sale got hurt this year, so he's finally right. Finally, that, um, nine years later, told you so. Uh, and I'm not really sort of predicting that, but uh, he has like this crazy, wicked uh, movement no and doubt. crazy, wicked velocity. And he just threw the most innings of his career, 80, 80 Only innings. Only five more than last with, year, With like, I know, but at, like 99 or 97, I don't know. How dare you turn your back on Blake Trinan? At any rate. <laughs> After I was his biggest supporter, that's you're right. That's what I'm okay, saying. Okay, all right, fine. Uh, yeah, top three. Here we go. There we go. Okay. <laughs> all right, we're going to close the talk about Luis Castillo. I took him at 110. I'm surprised he was still there in that room at 110. Yeah, I guess people just wanted me to be able to take him. I didn't get that, to get him. That was nice of them. After you suffered through them all last year? Yeah, I mean, for, through the first half, like I, I don't understand why it's like such a big deal that that I would stick with him or that anybody that liked Luis Castillo would stick with him. Like Derek Johnson. Baby. Yeah. I mean, even before Derek Johnson though, it's like, I get it. The fastball needs some work. That's where most of the damage comes from, but you're building on a, a base of velocity. If it's command and control with it, that needs to work for Luis Castillo. I'm okay with that. Is he not a top 30 starter? And I think one of the things that people are missing is that like the strikeout, the swinging strikeouts, the command, the walk rate, they're all there. Yeah. And the real problem was a, a few homers, in the wrong time and uh, that is like the number one thing you should disregard I think especially in a small sample is a homer problem I mean when we're all talking about if Kershaw is bad in the postseason or whatever the one thing that really separates him from the regular season is his postseason home run rate so home run rate I think is one of the most I want to use the word fluky, but like it's it's it fluctuates. It's volatile. It lacks year over year stickiness. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For I mean, sure. over his la- over his final fifteen last year, he had a two ninety three ERA. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's still and Cincinnati five wins and fifteen. Starts. I know the minor leagues are the minor leagues, but he never gave up a homer for nine in the minor leagues. They never pitched and in the Great really, American Small Park. Yeah, true. It's a good point. It's a good point. But I I think they overreact to that, and the sinker thing is uh, sort of an overreaction there. And I think Derek Johnson might come in and be like, hey, you know what? You're really good at that changeup. Throw uh, a lot more. Why don't you throw some more of those bitches? Because yeah, it can work on its own. I don't yeah. even think it needs – That's those why I did the Shasheen. Yeah. That slider, yeah. that thing's good. Please throw a shit Just ton of those. Just keep throwing it. And yeah. then look at the steamer projection. You know, the floor is not bad. 398 with, an, with, with a strikeout per inning. Like, uh, you know, where you're picking – 
a lot of those guys were over four. Yeah, a lot of the guys that are next to you, the projections are four two, four three. You don't have a list. It's like who went, who went a couple in front of them, who went a couple behind. I'm, I, I guarantee do, there's I, some four twos there. I do there. have a list of that. I'm just Let's curious see. to see who was going around him. Luis Castillo. The next pick was Chris Archer. A few picks later, oh, Archer Mas- went two bucks next door too. Masahiro Which, Tanaka. Listen, Chris Archer has it, by command plus he's terrible, and I think that's the missing link here for for Chris Archer is he gets into bad into bad counts and he can't has get two out. pitches and he's bad command, and so then he gets very hittable. And if you're talking about home run rates, we have now like three straight seasons of the dude with a bad home run yep. rate in different parks and different situations. And now he went to Pittsburgh and they changed him. I mean, look if you go back and look at Pittsburgh. And see what he did. You know, well, they're going to make you throw down and in with the fastball. And they're going to make him throw fewer sliders, which I would. I wanted Archer to but, go somewhere that would encourage more sliders. The other, th- at least they're making him throw inside. That's the one thing Tampa Bay tried to get him to do, and he wouldn't do. Yeah. So it, it was fastball up, slider away. And I, I thought I was arguing before he got traded, he needed to get out of that division because he had been overexposed. I, mean, I don't know if people saw. Forty-eight percent of his career starts came against four teams. That Baltimore, Baltimore, New York, Boston, and Toronto. That's, That's wild. insane. And I hate unbalanced scheduling for that. But I thought he was overexposed to the AL East. Then and again, he goes to the NL Central, had the same problem. So there goes that theory. But when with, you with, face that many teams that many times, and, it's going to happen. And they're good. They're really yes. good teams, and with, too. With stuff declining every year, you're in the league. Chris Archer is 30. Luis Castillo is 25. That yeah. counts for something. The so five years matter. It was Archer, Tanaka, uh, let's see. After that, it see, was and Tanaka. The, Ray, I think the Yankees Morton. left them with the bullpen they had. They should. You look at Tanaka had a terrible time, third time through the order he should last be real year. Five terrible. and five, go six every. The once bullpen in a while. should be warming up at the 18th hitter, and it, he should be on a batter to batter situation. A 30 year old hanging on the ligaments, hanging right. on by a thread. Yeah. And then it was Ray, Robbie Ray, and Charlie Morton were the next. There's another guy. Ray got blasted. Morton doesn't even have a job yet. Robbie Ray has uh, two breaking balls that we're not sure are any different. Yeah. So, wow. I, I, I mean, it's not much of a discount for the year that he had for Luis Castillo. He was probably going more like uh, 90 to 100, and this year it's more like 110 to 110, around 110, 100 to 110. We still got the upside. I'm fine paying it. I, I really don't have an issue the with it. The projection is good. And I don't see anything that I saw that from this past season that makes me run the other way. No, with, I like uh, the price. With Luis I, Castillo. Maybe Morton would be the guy I take, depending on where he depending lands. I mean, if he lands, goes right? back I'd to like Houston, to absolutely. For sure. Like to know. But for sure. wherever he wherever he lands, that's that's the guy I like best out of that group. All right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, maybe a couple questions. Anybody have any questions? Sammy, I'm looking at you. I know you got one. He's got the best shirt in here. By he the does. Way, besides he has, the one he has we're a childish wearing. Gambino shirt, second best to our shirts. Childish Bambino. Or childish Bambino. Yeah. Childish. Anybody got any questions? Oh, he said you were stupid. It wasn't even sly. <laughs> no, good. I, I like this. Go ahead. Pointed, a pointed remark. You know, a pointed remark about a Zimmerman having good command, so um, and command being, you know, you throw where you want to throw it, uh, shouldn't be trying to throw it somewhere else. But I was wondering, um, are there any guys that do score highly on command that it seems like maybe they should be taking a different spot? In case it wasn't picked up uh, on the mics, Jordan Zimmerman showed up really well on your command plus metric, Number two. meaning. He knows where to put, or he's putting it where he wants. Should he maybe be putting it elsewhere? Because the slider works at times, but nothing else seems to work. So what's the solution there for somebody who has such good command? Obviously, it's not translating into much success. Well, I, I think I, what I was trying to get across with my response to, to Zola was that 
uh, with a 91 mile an hour fastball and nothing really else uh, in his favor, he he kind of is in the Bartolo Colon class yep. where it's like, like I like I seriously thought when they signed that deal that he might not see the end of that deal in the major leagues. Uh, and yeah. so I think him finding the other side of that deal in the major leagues was sort of being like, I'm going to throw the slider 40% of the time. I have elite slider command, and this is my way of being passable. So, you know, when you look at that list, I think you do have to think about things like velocity. You do have to think about things like other stuff. You have to think about age uh, and how that all factors in. I mean, Nobody really wants, even though Bartolo Colon ended up second in Command Plus or third in Command Plus, nobody really wants him next year. That's true. Uh, even the Major League team. Any other questions? Back corner. Dave. Now, uh, are there pitchers that learn command? Mm. Uh, I was on, talking I got to repeat in case it wasn't picked up. General yeah. question on on the learn uh, how much pitchers can learn command maybe in their mid twenties if they're not necessarily uh, coming into the league with it. Like what what's the capacity to do that? How situational is it? Yeah, and and that was something that Kimball Crossley uh, was talking about uh, that he thought that Kyle Freeland probably added some command uh, and that there's uh, some growth curve to this. And that's I'm really I I am sort of excited for year five and six of Command Plus. Yeah. So we uh, when back. we can really start to put an aging curve together and see if there's an upward upward if there's an upward move. Right. Because there are actually right now in the game very few metrics that have an upward move. Almost everything in the game right now starts good and just. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it, it, we used to think that people came into the league and got better and then got worse. And I think that some of what we've seen in the free agent market and some of what we've seen in the way baseball is working right now is that people realize, no, let's just get these guys in the big leagues because that's the best they're ever going to be. Yeah. And they're really just going to get worse. Um, so I think uh, it would be really fascinating to, to find, oh, you know what? Gio Gonzalez, uh, Zach Greinke finding that power change and being able to command it. Uh, Zach Greinke sort of finding and refining the slider over the different parts of his career. There have been Carlos Carrasco, I think, is a minus command guy in general, but he found a way he to use his it. pitches. Yeah, right. Well, going um, to the stretch exclusively, and it's almost well. like Matt Searcher is like you know maybe on some Every level time. command is not. Is just sort of missing well. I was talking about that a little bit. Missing well, knowing where your pitches, when you throw them, where they miss. And so it might look like bad command, but at least you have now thrown it in the place where when it misses, it misses away and not for a homer, just for a ball. And when you get ahead and you can do that, that's you, know, you get yeah. to the pseudo strikes. You were talking earlier about throwing break. That was one of the biggest things Snell did this year in his Cy Young that winning slider, season. Slider for first strike. pitch sliders on the strike. Nobody wants, yeah. Nobody's going up there swinging at a first pitch non-fastball. Yep. And yep, so he sure. started doing that. I started throwing that and getting ahead of the count. Then he started throwing the pseudo strikes where it was starts off looking like one. Now I got to expand and try to swing at it. No, I, to- I totally agree there. and uh, I th- So I, bottom line is I do think it can be learned and at least improved too. Maybe not taken from negative to plus, but 
negative to less negative. I mean, but that was a good one example. One caveat I want to say was that I think I would love to sort of separate fastball command out. Command plus yeah. does have it by pitch. I would I think you know fastball command would be where I would start, and then I would start to look at maybe uh, slider command or changeup command improves over time. All right, got time for one more. I mean, this is this is funny. This is a little side. Masahiro Tanaka came in and. I, I don't know if anybody else saw this, but like his slider was inconsistent when he came to the big leagues. Right. And he threw cement mixers now and he gave up yes. homers on that slider. And all of a sudden now he's throwing 40% sliders. That's his best You know, pitch. and it's his, it's his like fastball or whatever. Yeah. So uh, uh, I think fastball command is something that gets preached when you're like from your 11 on. Yeah. So if you get to the big leagues and you don't have fastball command, you're screwed. But maybe you, we can find these guys that have, like Eric Fetty came up on the list. Eric that Fetty name has me, a really good slide, uh, really good sinker command. Uh, maybe he'll improve. He has kind of the kitchen sink otherwise. Maybe he'll improve those other pitches and be more than kind of the, like what we see when we look at his fan graphs page and we look at his scouting pages. So uh, I do think uh i'll write a piece in the future about fastball command and, and sort of highlights of fastball command guys that maybe could improve their secondaries last question top three national league closers and how josh Hader fits into the mix i'll answer that last part first i think josh Hader fits into the mix as somebody who needs to be drafted in the top 10 rounds, whether he gets saves or not. I mean, he's, he's doing enough that you, you really don't have to concern yourself with, with if it's token saves or if he takes the closer's role. He's supplementing your strikeouts enough, your ratios enough, and doing so in enough innings. That's another underrated piece of the fact that a lot of starters don't go 200 or even 180 anymore is that these Dylan Batances is Andrew 160 is the new 180. Yeah. All right, so here are four names. Uh, uh, Felipe, Felipe Vasquez, Rivero, Vasquez. Um, he changed his name. Jansen, Kenley Jansen, Hater, Josh Hater, Doolittle, and Sean Doolittle. Love Sean Doolittle. I think I sort of did them in my in my rank. Where Where do you have Rysel Iglesias and Kirby Yates? After that, I think I got them right there. Iglesias could get traded. True. And Hopefully, traded into not another. Not necessarily an elite spot. strikeout rate. I look for That's an elite true. strikeout rate. You know, Vasquez has that elite strikeout rate. I think around so where Doolittle gets injured. I was going to say, what about Kirby You know, Doolittle's injury rate plus haters, other stuff he can give you and, the, like, the innings and the ratios. I think that's kind of where I put Hater. It's Hater versus Doolittle. You know, I, I'll still take Vasquez as a clear first. I, okay. I think Vasquez is the and clear then, first in the And then Jansen NL. has to come into the mix but also seem clearly injured or not the same. So when you start talking about the guys who are – not the same and don't project to the same strikeout rate, then you can start talking about, well, Hader projects to an awesome strikeout rate and is going to give me some innings and is going to give me 10 saves. And I mean, yeah, 12 saves, six wins, too. Like today I took six Archie wins. Bradley over Shane Green and Willie Peralta. I would have done like, that, too. Why not? I would have absolutely Bradley's done that. pitch well. What about <laughs> – uh, Those guys are kind of crappy. What about Kirby Yates with uh, what he's done the last two years? He has a 37% strikeout rate the last two years – Looks like the the New closer. Splitter. I no. mean, how high you got him in the NL ranks, Jason? Now, that's what the when since he added a splitter, his strikeout rate. I mean, this was a guy that was DFA'd. Yeah, you guys had him out there, at Tampa Bay. Yeah, you look at the top National League closers. Felipe Vasquez was traded for 
Jose Lobaton. Oh, uh, and then Kirby Yates was Oof. DFA'd, and yeah, that's uh, tough. At least there's Jose Alvarado around now. Yeah, but relievers, but, we should spend a lot of money on them. They're amazing. Yeah, you find them a dime. Never, you never find them. Give them a new pitch, and all of a sudden, bin. boom. They're, they're completely different guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know San Diego's not going to be that great, but I, I, I think I've Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I know San Diego's a complete garbage fire. <laughs> 69 and 93 again. Honestly, though, you know, with that system, they could be a team that, that starts to come quickly, too. I mean, if, if things – Things could turn quickly there for sure. So um, I really like Kirby Yates. I, I, I probably have him in my top three as far as the NL goes. Yeah. But, you know, there's also the, the, the problem that he might close for four months and be gone. So. That's true. But you can't – I don't think you can play that far out with closers. Yeah. I think you because take a guy – you don't even know if they'll You have make no idea. He can get 25 saves in the four months before exactly. he's traded. Exactly. And then yeah. you can kind of – maybe you – got a couple other underrated guys who, who popped up so all right that's gonna wrap us up y'all i want to thank you guys so much for hanging out uh with yeah. us good to talk to you guys again it's been a while and it has so, been uh, we'll have to get together again in the winter thank you guys yes thank you <laughs>